Welcome back. Smoking Joe's driving range right here on Sports Radio 650 AM. I am Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. Happy Saturday. It is, and Merry Christmas coming up. So yes. uh, what a year it has been for Houston with the passing of two great people. Mm-hmm. Celebrations of life for George and Barbara Bush. And so we're going to be talking golf. We're going to be talking about the Bush family, and I went up to the top of the list, and I got Jim McGrath, spokesperson for the Bush family. Good morning, Jim, and how are you? Hey, Jim. Hey, Joe, Matt. Great to be with you. Uh, What a year you've had. I mean, take away the tears and all those things, but the celebrations of life, I, I don't think could have done better. I mean, it was just a great tribute to two really, really great people. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It was a... Um You know, a tough year, to be perfectly honest with you, for all of us who loved and admired them and continued to do so. Uh, But uh, in terms of the celebrations, we, uh, the feedback we've received gives us some hope that we maybe gave them both the send-offs that they surely deserved. Just remarkable, inspiring Houstonians, Texans, Americans, uh, inspired so many people around the world with their service to others, their selflessness, their um, inspiring personal examples. And I might add, uh, apropos of your show today, lovers of the great game of golf. So um, they were the full package. Now, let me ask you, uh, with the two of them, you know, they were like so many Houstonians. They were not native Houstonians. They adopted our city. Mm -hmm. How did that love between the, the Bush family grow with Houston and how, why Houston? Well, he came to Texas uh, to get, uh, President Bush did, uh, in the late 40s to get his start in the oil business. Um, You know, he came out of uh, an East Coast upbringing. Uh, His father was an investment banker in New York City. Certainly could have followed his father into those uh, comfortable footsteps, uh, but decided to branch out on his own. I mean, he was ever the adventure seeker in life, George Bush was, and Barbara Bush as well. So they moved out to Odessa, Texas. They, uh, the first duplex that they lived in in Odessa, they shared um, with a mother and daughter uh, team that we later learned were ladies of the evening. So it was rather humble start there <laughs> in Odessa. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was they were like ducks in water here in Texas, the open, friendly uh, Texas attitude, uh, you know, the can-do attitude, can-do spirit. And the entrepreneurial spirit, risk-taking spirit, that fit George and Barbara Bush like a glove. And so, um, you know, they were here for going on 70 years. So I think they were finally and officially full-blooded Texans. <laughs> I think so. You talk, They talk about Renaissance men or Renaissance women. They were a Renaissance couple. They were They incredible. really were, man. Yeah, no, they, they really were. And, um, of course, Barbara Bush found her great passion and calling in life uh, as the wife of the vice president starting and then, of course, as first lady for family literacy. And she threw herself into it. Um, her foundation raised hundred over $110 million mm-hmm. over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, to support family literacy programs in all 50 states, the District of Columbia. So there are a lot, there are tens of thousands of people today uh, walking in our society who are productive members of our society and can read and enjoy the full benefits of being an an American citizen because of of Barbara Pierce Bush and her amazing passion for that wonderful cause. Now, you mentioned at the start of our conversation, George Bush's love for the game of golf. I mean, do we really have any idea? I mean, this man, I've, I've read several books. I read a book by his, uh, the golf pro up in Kittabuck that 
wrote a book about his time. He called him Mr. President. Uh, and he said this, this this game of golf was like his number one passion. Oh, he loved it. He absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, when you played golf with George Bush, you didn't throw too many grass clippings in the air, though, because <laughs> you'd fast. be a hole behind if you did. <laughs> so it was always ready golf. Uh, there was always needling. There was always probably a one dollar bet, never more. Actually, one, I think at one point the stakes got as high as five dollars, but um, it was always about the camaraderie. It was always the competition. He, and, and I'm sure in the celebrations of life that your listeners um, maybe enjoyed or experienced uh, two or three weeks ago here, I'm losing track of time, but uh, they, they came to understand what a competitive man George Herbert Walker Bush was, and uh, never more so than out there on the golf course with 100 pennies at stake. <laughs> that when he played golf, and he played with leaders of the world, business leaders of the world, mm-hmm. pro golfers, pro athletes, all this, did he ever mix in business on the golf course, or was he out there just to use the camaraderie of the game and the competitiveness of the game? I never saw business um, conducted by him on the golf course. And granted, I you know came onto the scene um, when he, uh, after he left the White House, was a former president. But for him, the golf course was a refuge. It was a place where you could go out, enjoy nature, certainly enjoy uh, the company of your foursome normally. Um, I have to say it was a, a delightful way to play golf when you have the Secret Service clearing the course in front of you. <laughs> if you haven't done that, I highly recommend it. Uh, the, as a matter of fact, the Secret Service could do wonders for the pace of play initiatives. I know the PGA Tour has out there, but but it was, you know, we got spoiled doing that for sure. But what we were more spoiled in was, you know, just the president's character and Mrs. Bush, too. I you played with the two of them. And it was just constant needling, constant fun, um, and just constant passion for this great game that we all love. I, I never got to play with the former president. I played with Jim Baker and uh, one of his buds, and that was an, an incredible experience, just hearing stories that he told on the golf course. But interacting with George and Barbara, they used to come out to Houston Open all the time. That's why they started the crazy Sox thing. It was always great to see them. And our buddy Jim Nance, you know, they'd always stop by. When CBS was doing uh, the broadcast, they'd always stop by and see Jim. It it was always a fun thing. But Jim Baker was a hero uh, to President Bush as President Bush was one of Jim Baker's heroes. Can you talk a little bit about that relationship? And I thought he had great courage uh, eulogizing his his buddy, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush, one week, and then the following, you know, the following day, uh, doing it with uh, with Bob McNair, uh, just about Jim Baker's character and the strength that he showed that week of uh, memorials. Well, you know. What can I say about James Addison Baker the third? Except he's a stud. He's a stud. Mm-hmm. He, he he's a man's. He's a man's man. He 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 he's a leader. Mm-hmm. And you know, sixty first Secretary of the United States of America, and our world changed for the better when George Bush and Jim Baker were in Washington D.C. There's no question about that. Their friendship goes back sixty years. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a book on Bob Mossbacker about eight years ago. 
And I told Mr. Baker at that time that I'd researched this, and you had never before had three men, Jim Baker, Bob Mossbacker, and George Bush. They started out as as friends going to each other's backyard barbecues. You've never had three personal friends like that rise to such heights in the American government before as a president and two cabinet members. So there's a unique story right in there in and of itself. But, of course, President Bush and Jim Baker were famous uh, tennis doubles partners at, at the Houston Country Club. Um, you know, Mr. Baker back in the early 60s was a, a Democrat, as were <laughs> most Houstonians. Right. Um, but but uh, George Bush eventually pulled him over to the right side of the ledger uh, when, when he was running for Congress and later for the Senate. And uh, Mr. Baker helped to manage all of those campaigns. Um, so they were they were inseparable. And, uh, you know, George Bush says that he, you know, when becoming president, reached the mountaintop of American politics. But Jim Baker was one of those Sherpas that got him to that mountaintop, one of his most trusted, loyal, probably his best friend. Mm -hmm. And um, and of course, on the golf course, I never had the joy of seeing the two of them together on the golf course. But you can imagine the needles were flying back and forth on that one. You know, one of the things we're on the phone with Jim McGrath, spokesperson for the Bush family. You know, one of the things I think is so great about Barbara and George Bush was that they made their lives accessible. Mm -hmm. And at one time, a client of ours was Morton's Steakhouse. And the Bush family went to Morton's quite a bit. Yeah, they and they went in one night, and it was like the end of April, and the place was packed right here by the Galleria. It was prom season. So it was all the teenagers having Morton's <laughs> for dinner, right? So Barbara grabbed George, and they went table to table taking photos with all these kids, you know? <laughs> and can you imagine, you know, a 17-year-old getting home late for the prom? You're late! Well, Dad, this guy came and said hi to us, and, you know. But uh, did, did did that accessibility in was that just their personality, or is that their way of sharing life with the world? No, I mean both, Joe. To be honest with you, both. I mean, they you can't be in politics and succeed at the level that they have. Uh, and did unless you love people, unless you're being around people. Um, and but but on top of it, George Bush. I mean, somebody once said George Bush was like a tumbleweed. He rolled mm. through life and he collected people as he went. <laughs> and lots of politicians, lots of people in politics know how to make friends. But George and Barbara Bush were that rare combination that knew how to keep friends. Mm. I mean, loyalty was a two-way street with them, and uh, they showed it. Um, whether you were up or down, and uh, they appreciated it, uh, receiving it in return, which they got, of course, from everybody because, you know, they were the kind of people you could adore. I mean, there's that old saying that familiarity breeds contempt, but with George and Barbara Bush, it had the exact opposite effect. The more you knew them, the more you admired them. It seems like when we have uh, had the memorials of the Bushes this year, it points out just how different things are taking are are how are, how do i put this how different things are with the u.s government now how they do business you know um former president bush may disagree with your stance on something but he wouldn't call you names afterwards and, and well, no, vice, I mean, he, you know vice well, versa he, he, sure well he got into it with for example with um uh uh, Senator Mitchell from uh, George Mitchell from Maine, 
And George Mitchell was absolutely, as the majority leader. Yeah, strong in, personality. Yep. In, in the United States Senate, the majority leader of, from the opposition party dedicated to stopping everything President Bush wanted to do legislatively. And despite that determined opposition, every time George Bush flew to Maine to go to his home in Kennebunkport, he offered George Mitchell a ride on the plane if he wanted to get back, um, go, go home. So that's just the kind of person he was. It was like those old cartoons where you have, what is it, Wiley, Coyote, and and, uh, and the dog. You know, they clock in at the coyote, nine and yeah. they... They, they they clock in at nine and they go at it, and at five o'clock they clocked out, <laughs> shake hands, and get on with life. So yeah. that, that's that's the way politics used to be, and I, I think we can get back there. The pendulum always seems to be swinging back and forth, but uh, and I know a lot of people are concerned, but I, you know I just have confidence in our system. We'll mm-hmm. be okay, Jim. I appreciate you getting up early and being this busy time of the year with the holidays and everything, and spending some time with us and sharing. Your experiences with uh, George Bush with us, and uh, I'm jealous. You had some quality time in your life with a great man and a great lady, and uh, I am so appreciative of the fact that I got to be, my life was under them. I mean, I I got to experience them. So thank you so much, and and go out, have a very Merry Christmas, and I cannot wait for the new year for our paths across many times doing different things. Well, you're a good man, Joe, and and Matt enjoyed being with you, and Merry Christmas to you and your listeners, and, and all the best for 2019. There All right, Jim. Jim McGrath, great guy. Uh-huh. I mean, I've known Jim. We met back about uh, the mid-90s when I was doing the hockey team, and we had an event with Mr. Bush, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he's just a great guy. So, And they did such a fabulous job. Yes. He and Chris McGall and all the, the crew. that uh, I mean, it was amazing what they did to, like, he, he humbly said, hopefully we did it right. Oh, they did it right. Did it it right. was fantastic what they did. So we got coming up, we're going to talk to Steve Timms, get an update right. on the Houston Golf Association. Awesome. We're running late, looking great. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. That's Leslie T. right here on Smoking Joe's Driving Range on Sports Radio 650 AM.